Well, there was a little bit from uh, President Donald Trump, and uh, we are happy to be broadcasting to you here on Block Talk Radio. We're going to join us in on Facebook in just a moment. Uh, we've had a little bit of a uh, technical difficulty here on Facebook, so we're going to go to a little uh, timeout, a little uh, quick advertisement so we can get everything reset up here so everybody can hear what's happening on Facebook, and then we'll be back on on Facebook Live in just a moment. So uh, keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show as we broadcast to you right here live from just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, great things going on here in the city, but we, uh, because the name of our show is Real Talk Sports, we are going to talk a little bit about this uh, shooting that has come up. Uh, we're going to be bringing on some people, some guests. We're going to look for uh, one of my fellow ministers of the gospel, Lionel Gant. I think he's on the line. We're going to bring him back just after the commercial so we can make sure that he is on with us on Facebook Live as well as the broadcast. Uh, if you want to, you can follow us anywhere on social media at Real Talk Sports 7. You also can uh, follow me personally on social media uh, at Minister J-S-I-M-M. So, again, that's Minister J-Sim. You can uh, follow me on uh, anywhere on social media, Facebook, um, Periscope. You can also follow me on Instagram. And um, if you want to follow the sports show, which you're listening to right now, follow us at Real Talk Sports 7. Uh, you can follow us, again, anywhere on social media. I try to make it as easy as possible so everybody can uh, follow us. 
and get the uh, latest and greatest on what's happening here in Atlanta and even around the world. And, of course, when they have breaking events like this with this horrific school shooting in Florida, uh, since we have had, um, you know, coaches speak out about it, we want to go ahead and, uh, you know, again, just let you guys talk about it as well. So we're going to talk about that. And, of course, we will get into some NBA stuff later on. We have a uh, guest that we've invited, uh, Deshaun. is going to uh, be joining us a little bit later on in the broadcast. And uh, Deshaun Tate, who does uh, Tate Take and Take Speaks, he also is the basketball analyst on 92.9 The Game. So uh, we look forward to having him joining us as well uh, later on in the broadcast. And uh, like I said again, man, we're just trying to do as much as we can do, um, you know, to try to get you multimedia broadcasting here. Like I said, again, we are going to get uh, set up here live in just a moment on Facebook and also, good Lord willing, on Periscope. So, again, we thank those of you who have joined us here on uh, the Real Talk Sports Show. So those of you here on Block Talk Radio, we're going to take a quick little time out. Like I said, we're going to go to a commercial break, and we'll be back in uh, just a few more moments here to join you here on the Block Talk Radio platform. Attention promoters, event organizers, and committees. If you're looking for a place to have your next big event, you must check out the C-Room Multiplex. The C-Room Multiplex cordially invites you to book your next artist or to host your next big event at the C-Room. Specializing in the following areas, CD release parties, showcases, fashion shows, movie premieres, birthday celebrations, wedding receptions, banquets, pastor's anniversaries, special events, and more. At the C-Room Multiplex, we also offer catering and decorating packages. For more information, call us, 678-823-5124. That's 678-823-5124. Or visit us on the web at croomatlanta.com. That's c-roomatlanta.com. The C-Room is Atlanta's premier Christian entertainment venue. The C-Room, 4013A Jonesboro Road, Forest Park, Georgia. Mention this ad for special pricing. This is Minister Jonathan Simmons, host of the Real Talk Sports Show. Do you like the positive sports stories you've been hearing? Well, partner with us to help keep the good news of sports on the air. We have great audio, video, and internet advertising packages available to promote any size business or event. Contact me directly at 678-410-9833 or send me an email, sales at realtalksports.net. We'd love to partner with you to keep the good news in sports on the air.
Attention promoters, event organizers, and committees. If you're looking for a place to have your next big event, you must check out the C-Room Multiplex. The C-Room Multiplex cordially invites you to book your next artist or to host your next big event at the C-Room. Specializing in the following areas, CD release parties, showcases, fashion shows, movie premieres, birthday celebrations, wedding receptions, banquets, pastor's anniversaries, special events, and more. At the C-Room Multiplex, we also offer catering and decorating packages. For more information, call us, 678-823-5124. That's 678-823-5124. Or visit us on the web at croomatlanta.com. That's c-roomatlanta.com. The C-Room is Atlanta's premier Christian entertainment venue. The C-Room, 4013A Jonesboro Road, Forest Park, Georgia. Mention this ad for special pricing. This is Minister Jonathan Simmons, host of the Real Talk Sports Show. Do you like the positive sports stories you've been hearing? Well, partner with us to help keep the good news of sports on the air. We have great audio, video, and internet advertising packages available to promote any size business or event. Contact me directly at 678-410-9833 or send me an email. Sales at realtalksports.net. We'd love to partner with you to keep the good news in sports on the air.
All right, everybody, we are back. Welcome to the Real Talk Sports Show. And uh, we are broadcasting you here live uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, we are unfortunately going to be forced to talk about uh, some things that are a little bit unpleasant. Once again, our nation has been struck uh, with an unfortunate tragedy. We had another school shooting. Uh, very, very sad state of affairs, but uh, nevertheless, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we have a couple of gentlemen, uh, men of faith, who have joined us to uh, talk about uh, this very difficult topic. Uh, the first gentleman is uh, uh, is a good friend of mine. Actually, both of these gentlemen are good friends of mine. One is Mr., I should say, Pastor Lionel Gant. Are you on the line, sir? Hello? Uh, yes, sir. Pastor yes, Gant? Sir. All right, brother. I just wanted to make sure that you were with us online. And also, I believe I have a, a good friend as well, Mr. Joe Prophet, I believe, has joined us as well. Joe, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Well, um, you know, we have a, uh, like I said, a very sad state of affairs here where, once again, our, um, you know, our nation has been struck with a terrible tragedy. Uh, these shootings they just continue to seem to, you know, strike the nation, and it's really a sad state of affairs uh, that we have. Reverend uh, Gannon, I'm going to go to you first, uh, since you have a nonprofit agency that uh, actually is involved with stopping the violence and mass incarceration. So, why don't you talk to people a little bit about that organization first, and then uh, give us your comments on what you think about this this uh, tragic shooting? Well, well, I oversee the. SCLC Stop the Violence and Incarceration Campaign, which is a nonviolent action for social change. And after the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, we are fighting and scribing for peace all over the world and in every situation. But, you know, the, the, the tragedy of what happened today, and I think this is either like the 12th or the 17th, uh, type incident like the shooting that we've had in a public place like this, and 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 I'm glad that we're on Real Talk Sports because you know we're talking about 14 year olds, we're talking about high school students that are aspiring in sports, that are aspiring athletics. They were cut off today, bro. They were cut off today. They, they, their, their lives were cut off. In, 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 in a place that we deem to be relatively safe for them. And that's, that's the schools in the American school system. And, 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 and more and more, they're finding out more and more information about the shooter, that he was involved in, 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 in a terroristic group, and a terroristic group has came forward taking claim and honor for this, as as though this is something great that they have done, and, and we we have got to come together as a nation of people in America to put an end and to put a stop to this type of hatred. Well, the next question we're going to go to is a gentleman that uh, um, has uh, had a lot of experience in uh, multiple uh, fields. Uh, he is a uh, former first round draft pick of our Atlanta Falcons back in 1971. Uh, he has went on to have a stellar career, still is having a stellar career as a top businessman. He also is a man of God as well. Uh, Dr. Joe Prophet, uh, what is your uh, take on this uh, tragic situation? Well, um, I, I will tell you, um, 
uh, Pastor, it, Pastor Simmons, it's really uh, a sign of the time. You know, we in this nation have drifted so far away from God's word and, and what this nation was based on is that these activities are not really strange. We as as uh, parents and leaders in our various communities have failed our kids. We have, we have a Congress that will not act on behalf of the will of the people. I mean, each time we have one of these tragedies, you know, when when it happened in, in today in Miami, in that school system, that shooting, it was just another indication that, you know, we will say let's have a moment of uh, silence, then we have a moment of silence, then we get right back to the slaughter. You know, Minister, you mentioned Real Talk Sports. Well, in these kids, this is real-life situations. They're growing up in an environment where they're being taught that if you're not happy, if you don't like the way uh, you feel, you can go out and you can hurt people, and you can kill people, and it's okay because we have turned so far away from the word and from the from the way of our Lord. Now, you, you mentioned earlier, um, Pastor Simmons, that I was drafted by the National Football League and the NFL, and that was a big deal for me. But my biggest deal, the new NFL, is my newfound life in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't just do that on Sundays for that hour or two. I live that every day. I praise the Lord in everything I do and say. And to the young folks that are listening to this program and for the parents out there that have young folks, we need to bring them back to the Word. Uh, this What's going on in our society is not going to get better because the so-called leaders that we have are not leading. As a matter of fact, they're leading our kids astray. So I just I just want to say that my heart goes out. Um, I am really seriously sending prayers up that we become truly one nation under God and and take our kids back and and get them back on the right track. It's really a shame. So just like to say that I am happy uh, that you invited me on tonight to try to talk to the kids. I'm I'm trying every chance I get to put something back. Uh, in the communities throughout this nation, and that's the um, stability and morals and some character and to stand for something. So I want to thank you for allowing me to come on. I want you, you guys both to. Uh, I want you guys both to take a listen uh, to, um, you know, because again, this has touched everyone. I want you to listen here. These are remarks from uh, head coach of the. I just want to adjust my microphone here a little bit. Head coach of the San Antonio. Uh, excuse me, San Antonio, the uh, Golden State Warriors coach, Steve Kerr. And you can see this on uh, CBS, ESPN. Everybody has this here. I'm going to see if I can get these remarks and plan for you guys and let you listen to a little bit and to hear how distraught he was about these remarks. Here he is, Steve Kerr.
That was Coach uh, Steve Kerr from the uh, Golden State Warriors, uh, world champions from last year. And you can see visibly moved uh, by the shooting. But, you know, I, gentlemen, I, I want to say something here. And every time I, I go in this area or start talking about this, uh, I run the risk of getting in trouble. But, unfortunately, that's the way it is. If you, if you look in the Old Testament, um, especially if you look in books like Jeremiah and other books where uh, the prophets had to bring out bad news, um, one of the things that I think the people of the nation have neglected to understand is their own culpability in this situation. I mean, you, you uh, certainly I played the remarks earlier of our president, and uh, it was uh, – I heard the remarks, I understood it, and he talked about the nation being moved and the nation standing ready to help all the children. But at the end of the day, some of the things that Coach Steve Kerr talked about were very relevant. And, and really, I think we have to get to a situation where it is not just a um, – it's not just lip service. We actually are doing things to prevent, you know, crazy people from getting guns. I mean, we, we read something about um, that – and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but the president letting – or passing legislation to kind of revoke some of the safeguards that uh, the previous president, President Obama, had in place. But we have a call on the line here. We're going to try to bring the caller in, and uh, looks like they do want to join us here. All right, uh, caller, welcome to the Real Talk Sports Show. Uh, if you'd like to give us your name and uh, where you calling from? A guy named Ron Bennington was the co-host. Call and I knew Bennington didn't know anything about who I was, what we write about, what I talked to Anthony about. Hello. Sometimes. So Bennington decided to, you, you know, kind of like have a little fun at my expense. We're hearing no, another recording. I'm not going okay. to do that. All right. Well, uh, that was that was whoever whoever's called in. Uh, unfortunately, I guess they're listening to something else at the same time. So if you want to call back in again or notify us, we'd be more than happy to put you on the air. The phone number is 347-326-9991. You're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show as we broadcast to you both here on um, Block Talk Radio, our own uh, radio portal, which is Real Talk Sports ATL. Uh, you also can watch us on Facebook Live, go to Real Talk Sports 7, or on Periscope. We are broadcasting live, and if you Give us a call. We'll be more than happy to make you part of the broadcast. So, uh, again, uh, we thank God for those people who have chimed in. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting thing that this uh, that this shooting uh, uh, has happened again. And again, I don't want to, you know, spend an inordinate time, inordinate amount of time on this. But I got to tell you, it's it's interesting to me um, how oftentimes we get caught in. The what you know the old saying of the paralysis of analysis. Now, no, Reverend Grant, I'm gonna go to you uh, for a second here as we get closer to our 7:30 mark. Um, what, what what prompted you to take an action and actually say, okay, I'm gonna try to do something here about this this violence in this situation that we have with young people in this country? I mean, did you go on a huge fundraising campaign? Did you uh, you know spend two or three years putting together a plan or what, what did, what did you do to get these things started? Because you've had several events uh, annually uh, to try to address this issue. Well, Mr. Simmons, <laughs> Mr. Simmons, you know, uh, it, it was, it was a, it was a call of God, you know, to who gave me a seven point plan uh, to counter the violence and and the mass incarceration that our people were suffering, which it all came from the word of God. 
and 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 seeing the seeing the amount of our youth that are being that were being affected, especially by the drug war, and by the and by the uh, the the criminal justice system with the mass incarceration of our youth. Uh, you know, I, I found out that we were the ones that were being targeted for this uh, prison industrial complex. And so something had to be done. You know, the Constitution of the United States says that, that slavery is abolished in America except for those that are being incarcerated. So that means that slavery has not really been abolished but that thousands and millions of our young children are being subjugated back to slavery uh, due by the prison system. So something had to be done, and, and that's what we started this campaign to, to counteract the, the, the violence and to also counteract the mass incarceration of our children. And this is why my heart goes out to, to those parents who, who lost those children today. Uh, I I saw online a 14-year-old mother, uh, the mother of a 14-year-old child who was killed, and I thought about myself at the age of 14. You know, I was an athlete, uh, Minister Simmons. I had my whole life in front of me, uh, I, you know, and 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 athletes, you know, and and sports was a way that we excelled in school. And and I just thought about I just thought about you know how important it is that 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 we create a safe place for our children to be educated in where they don't have to fear uh, anybody coming in there with guns. And and I went to Frederick Douglass High School in Atlanta, and I can tell you right now the Frederick Douglass High School they got they got they got uh, you, you know they 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 got I think security set up when you come inside the door. Uh, those children are going through all kind of uh, metal detectors. They're going through all kinds of things where they're going through to make sure that they have a safe, non-threatening environment in order for them to be educated. And I think we can do that nationwide and put a stop to these type of incidents. Also, if we would pay attention to those students that are that are showing these signs, you know, I've been told that the teachers have to walk through the class every day and look at the students for physical marks, but they also should be looking at these students for mental, for mental uh, 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 handicaps or mental uh, displays that should be, you know, that these kids might be, might be showing, that they may be in trouble at home or they may be in trouble some way so that we can counter this. We can stop this violence in our, in our schools. We can definitely stop it in our school. Uh, Joe, uh, what do you think about that? Uh, you think some of those points are uh, are valid well, that we can get some of these things in place? I think he's right on point, but it takes more individuals and groups like him to stand up and, and say something. I heard a used-to-be respected senator uh make a comment about the environment today in our in our federal government when they was asking him questions about the behavior of our top leaders in Washington, D.C., and he said, shut your mouth and do your job. This same guy wow. every other week was talking about the Constitution and the First Amendment and Second Amendment and how they stood for law and order, and they were of family values. 
Well, if you can't be for family values, when you see things that are destroying the family from the inside out, and your response is shut your mouth and do your job, really? I mean, this private prison complex is only growing because we continue to feed them what I call product inmates and it starts when we're little kids when these kids go to school uh, minister mentioned about looking at them physically looking at hey listen man it's it's mental it's physical it's mental it's how we're raised it's how we perceive ourselves and how we let others brand us so i i think we we can work with the kids but the parents need to also get some courage and discipline our kids in a loving way we cannot allow our kids to grow up in our homes, never discipline them, and expect them to go out into the world and be disciplined. It's inconsistent. And what that complex, that prison complex is betting on is that we don't raise them, we don't teach them how to behave, and we don't teach them, hey, the right way to do things. I'm I'm crushed. I, I just I've worked with kids all my life, and, and Minister Mitchell, when he was 14, what happened? For those of you that are out there listening to Minister Simmons about what we talk about, real talk. This is real talk. This is about our life. This is about our future and our kids. And you know, sports has was the one thing that kind of kept itself apart from this political. Of cesspool that we're in here, and, and I'm saying you're right, it's it's really bad, and we need to stop labeling people about Republicans. We got enough Republicans, we got enough Democrats. What we need is more Americans. All right. We need more people that love this country stepping up. So that's mm-hmm. that's basically what, what, what where I am on that, and I agree with him a hundred percent. Well, gentlemen, I'm glad that uh, we were able to, uh, you know, start the broadcast off and really kind of get in some of this meat of what is going on here. I appreciate those people who have joined us on Periscope and on Facebook, especially the people who share it after the fact. Uh, we appreciate them so much that uh, go ahead and do that. And, um, you know, again, man, we just we wanted to kind of give you a little bit of this. I didn't want to spend too, too long on it, but. We did want to go ahead and talk uh, a little bit about it. We're going to shift gears a little bit here. We're going to take a little quick 30-second commercial, and then we're going to bring on our other guest uh, for the evening. Uh, gentleman's going to talk to us a little basketball here as we shift gears, talk a little NBA, and also a little bit of uh, college basketball as well. You're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Everybody there 
and we hope and pray that uh, we can get people in office and people in the community that will look to try to do things to stop this situation. I'm going to check in here and see if we have our other guests for the evening. Uh, this gentleman is a basketball guru. He is a one of the top analysts for our local flagship radio station for the Atlanta Hawks and the Atlanta Falcons. He also has his own blog as well. Uh, Sean Tate, welcome to the program, sir. Hey, Minister Simmons, thank you for having me. Blessings to you. Let me just say something real quick, and obviously it's a little out of my lane, but I just want to make sure that I'm um, clear. I'm, I'm, I'm gracious enough for the fact that you are um, discussing the matter on the shootings yesterday, and I just heard a little bit of the, the tail end, that is, of the conversation, so you have to excuse me. But um, I'm not sure if uh, – I'm not really sure if, um, you know, putting – uh, you know, metal that there's so on and so forth in schools is, is really the, the answer. And that's just from a personal perspective. I mean, if kids have a mindset, they have a mindset. Who, who's to say that these kids can't do it right outside of a school? It just won't happen inside of a school. But at the end of the day, I heard another gentleman say something about disciplining our kids and disciplining them the right way and showing tough love and things of that nature, which is something we don't discipline. And I don't even have children, so I'm a little on the on the outside of that. Um but, you know, you, people don't discipline their kids anymore. You know, the, the, the kids have kind of become the parents in a lot of households, and a lot of that's for the parents that are even still there uh, for their kids. So there need to be a lot more butt whoopings in the home. And there needs to be, um, I mean, we, we took religion, and I know this could probably go so many different ways. Not everybody believes the same thing, but when you take religion out of schools, man, this is the type of stuff that happens, in my opinion. So I know that, you know, everybody believes in something a little different, but I feel like, you know, you're taking those things away and uh, some more butt whoopings in religion. I mean, if, if it's not, you know, if it's not hurting, it's only helping, and I think that those were two things that have helped. Ready for some college basketball, man. March Madness on the way. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir, brother. You don't have to worry because you got, you got three preachers on the line, so we, 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 we're more than happy to talk about uh, – about how, uh, you know, our religion and how really our relationship with Christ, I want to make that very plain, you know, really makes impact and, you know, helps, you know, people change their lives. We want to give a quick shout-out to those people who are watching us on social media. I want to give a, sh- a quick shout-out to, I think it's uh, Jonas is watching us, and also I think it's WV is watching us on Periscope as well. We thank God for those people who have logged in to join us here in the broadcast. All right, brother, um, we're looking here at uh, what we have going on in college basketball, and, of course, we have to keep our eye on the draft because of our Atlanta Hawks. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, there's one thing that's always uh, a little difficult, and I know you have to be ginger on this because your station that you ply your trade is the flagship station for Atlanta Hawks here as far as radio, so I don't want to you know, put you on a bad situation, but – one of the sure. things that's always difficult uh, to to watch is when a team is trying to transition from being a very good team, not quite a championship team as the Hawks have, and trying to rebuild and reboot the team and basically kind of stripping the team bare and, you know, kind of to some degree allowing the team to lose games. Um, how does a fan kind of work their way around that, the idea that, okay, the product that I'm seeing for the next year, two or three may not be quality, but the end of the rainbow could mean that we get a guy that might be a transcendent star. Well, it took a long time for Philadelphia fans uh, to start trusting in a process. Um, And then that's so if you're a diehard fan, which I know is totally different than Philadelphia fans and, and 
Um, you know, but but for the true fans that there is, sometimes we worry too much about who's not a true fan instead of focusing on the ones that really are. If you're a true fan of the organization, then you know you're going to have a process, and and it's it's a process for every organization. It just happens to be this time is the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks has probably, I think, what is it, 11 consecutive playoff uh, uh, runs, and that's like the best in the East and one of the best in the whole NBA. So they've had plenty of success, although they didn't make it uh, to the finals any of those years. Um, but it, it, it's a process, and you have to embrace it. And that's the best part about being a fan is, hey, look at me, man. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I ain't tasted none of it yet, and I don't know if I ever will. Um, but the reality is that's just the best part about being a fan is that you're going to have your ups and downs, you know, and you're going to have your bumps and your bruises. I mean, the Chicago Bulls went from winning three straight, one guy retired, and then won three straight, and then now they're one of the worst teams in the NBA right along with the Atlanta Hawks. So you just have to embrace it, you know, at the end of the day and trust um, that there's a new GM in Travis Schlink now, um, and, and he's only gone through one draft with the Atlanta Hawks, but I like to think probably deserved at least a B. Um, between uh, between drafting Tyler Dorsey in, uh, in the second round and John Collins in the first round, done pretty good. I still don't think that we're too far away from the Atlanta Hawks uh, making some picks that uh, you know in previous years that 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 were uh, uh, something that most people wouldn't agree with when you start talking about you know Sheldon Williams from Duke and Marvin Williams from Carolina. Those kind of things can't be allowed to happen anymore. I think that we're not far-fetched from, but I think you will get a little taste of that in the event that they decide to go uh, the route that I think that they will. And that's not a Hawk coming from a Hawks perspective, just from my perspective. I think that Luka Doncic is personally the guy that just seems like a Hawks pick. Like I said, I wouldn't go that route. He's not the number one pick in the draft. He's not the top five pick in the draft either. Um, but it just sounds like Atlanta Hawks pick. But that's the intriguing part. You get in the top three, and then, the you know, the cookie starts crumbling, and, and let things go from there. We're going to learn a whole lot about this Atlanta Hawks organization uh, within the next couple months, that's for sure. Well, it's funny you should mention that SI agreed with you. They're saying that the Hawks uh, will probably be a number two pick overall in the draft, and they do have them penciled in for Luka Doncic. Of course, he is a 6'8", 220-pound guard, shooting guard, which many people here have not heard anything about him. Here in the U.S., he plays for the Real Madrid. When I think of Real Madrid, I think about their soccer team. Didn't realize they have a professional basketball team as well. But oh, really? here's the only problem. Here's the only problem that uh, that I see with drafting a guy like this. So I'm looking at some of the reviews, and I'm sure you looked at the same thing. They're talking about this guy being a complimentary player, and I'm just thinking to myself, okay, if you're going to basically kind of, lack of a better term, tank. Okay, wouldn't you want to get a guy that really is going to be a guy that's going to be an absolute game changer in and of himself, not somebody where i got to add another guy uh, to, you know, get us to that next level? Uh, I like to think so, but, I mean, to be honest with you, there's holes in, in, in every guy's game. I mean, the average price uh, of all these guys you're looking at within the top ten, um, you know, is is all of them have flaws. You know, all of them can improve in so many different ways. And I think that's pretty expected. The problem with the NBA draft is that guys are drafting nowadays for three and four and five years down the line. Let's not forget about what the NBA draft was was, was designed for to begin with. That is for guys who can come into the NBA and play right away and become productive. Maybe not be an all-star or uh, a superstar potential, but perhaps one day, but can definitely come in and contribute to an NBA roster right away. 
none of this Joe Embiid, Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons stuff where you're sitting uh, for two years and three years. Um, but, I mean, just looking at it across the draft boards, you'll see a little bit something different. I just pulled up NBADraft.net, and I'm sitting here looking at uh, uh, the Atlanta Hawks at number two taking Jaron Jackson from Michigan State. A little bit of a comparison to a Marcus Camby, in my personal opinion. But you can't go wrong with a DeAndre Ayton. You can't go wrong with a Marvin Bagley. But they have flaws just the same way Luke taking a chance on Luka Doncic, you know. Wendell Carter's not a guy. He's a guy from Atlanta, but he's not necessarily a guy that, you know, it seems like he kind of uh, is, is kind of um, uh, uh, athletically challenged, if you will. We still don't know what Michael Porter Jr. is. Trey Young has a size issue, that, and that's never going to change. So from that standpoint, uh, you know, you like I, I keep saying, that's the best part about the NBA draft and, and, and everything that's surrounding it is you just have to make very smart uh, picks. I will say this right here, right now, just to be clear, if they've got the number one pick in the draft, there's no way that I'm taking a, a – a, I'm not – there's no way I can pass up on Marvin Bagley. I've called this guy a future 10-time NBA All-Star. I'm sticking to that. None of that has changed. Um, I think that he is uh, probably the best. I think he's he's the best player in this class, and he looks to be the most consistent guy in this class. But the Atlanta Hawks, I'll tell you what, this is a very deep draft. This may not be 2008. It may not be 2003 draft. It may not be 2012 draft. But it is very, very heavy in terms of front court players uh, and something that I think the Hawks will probably need to put next to John Collins. And because you have so many, you're in the top three, you got a lot of guys to choose from, which I think is a pretty good problem to have. Well, it's, it certainly sounds like it. Um, you know, I didn't realize the draft was that deep. I mean, the guys that we always keep hearing about certainly are Bagley, and we keep hearing over and over about, of course, uh, Trey Young. And with Trey Young, it would be a difficult pick for Atlanta because you basically, like you said, you got a size issue. Now you would have a backcourt. Uh, in the modern day NBA, where you have two guys under the, the, the six foot five, and I just think that you'd have difficulties defending anybody, you know, especially in the East, you know, where you you have bigger guards at the, you know, like Bradley Beal, and when you got guys like uh, um, uh, some of these other bigger guards that you're going to square off against, I just think that you're going to run into a problem defending anybody. Now we do know that this kid seems to have unlimited range from the three point area, and you know, some people might make some small comparisons to him and Steph Curry. But at the end of the day, when you already have a guy like, uh, like I like to call the Schluter, the German chocolate uh, already in at the, around that same size, even though their games are, are dissimilar because, you know, Dennis is more of a slasher and a more of a driver of the ball than Trey Young is. I just think that you, you it'd be almost be impossible to start those two guys in the backcourt uh, when you're scraping off against the average NBA, you know, number two guard. And I was almost, you know, six, 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 seven. I mean, you imagine him trying to guard, uh, you know, James Harden, you know, or you know, somebody like that, or you know, just it, it would be problematic, I would think. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that. And here goes a couple things. It's not like guys in the NBA anymore are are, are defensive specialists. You have a couple between Tony Tony Allen, uh, Avery Bradley. There's a few of them. But guys don't rely or hang their hat or become defensive anchors all of a sudden because Trey Young is on the floor. Um, Trey right. Young is a small guard, and, and, and when you're a small – I mean, I play basketball, obviously not on the level of Trey Young, but when you're one of those smaller guards, you have to – you've been trained your whole life on how to uh, use your size to your advantage, if you will. 
you kill guys with speed and, and, and quickness. And, uh, and, and it's not like the guy can't penetrate, get to the basket. Um, but you, you learn how to uh, get bigger guys off of you, and you have to create space. And that's one. He's probably the greatest at doing that in college basketball right now, hence why he can shoot from anywhere on the floor. And he may have some issues with defending some guys, uh, some guards, uh, but, but there's going to be guards that's going to have a hard time defending him. Now, he may not get much, much taller, uh, but he probably will get a little bit stronger, and it's going to take time. None of these guys are just going to come in right away and, uh, and, and step in and, and, and be, you know, on an all-star caliber because guess what? If, 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 if John Wall or, or Bradley Beal or whomever, whatever Beal, uh, goes out there and, and annihilate Trey Young, where they're supposed to do that. The kid is, is, is brand new to the league. But you give a guy some time the same way you had to give some of those guys some time, and uh, and I think that they'll be okay. But let's not forget something, because as much as we say Dennis Schroeder may be the slasher, and, and, and yes, probably a little bit more than Trey Young, but we've seen that out of Dennis Schroeder as he's gotten a little bit older uh, and playing within the Hawks organization for four, five, six years or whatever it is. Um, I guess he's not going up against a Bradley Beal or a John Wall each and every single night. I mean, the Pistons is starting Ish Smith right now for crying out loud. So uh, let's keep in mind that you know Trey Young takes a lot of those ill-advised shots that uh, that people may feel like is, is bad selection, poor selection, and I know that it's going to take some time for him to get through that. Uh, but he has to do that in order for his team to win. He's not the starting point guard of Duke or Kansas or Kentucky. You know, he's starting for Oklahoma. He doesn't have that kind of talent around him. So the things that he's doing and able to win these basketball games, forget about the turnovers. I'm not concerned about that. He's out there playing with guys that are never going to see an NBA floor, none of them being five-star talent. So I think you've got to kind of take some of those things into uh, into consideration as well when you're evaluating Trey Young. And there's a lot of pressure on, on Trey Young right now because guys are starting to figure out his game, and he's really fatigued. Well, no doubt. Uh, you listen to the Real Talk Sports Show as we broadcast to you just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and we thank God for uh, those who have joined us. We also have uh, still with us uh, Dr. Joe Proffitt, a guy who is going to be a continuing part of this broadcast. Joe, I don't know how much uh, basketball you get a chance to watch because I know your schedule is very compressed. Um, our Atlanta Hawks, uh, looking at them and looking at how teams kind of retool how long, I mean, just in looking at what you've seen so far, if you've seen much of it, uh, how, how long do you think it might take these guys to get retooled? Well, I, well, I love basketball. I mean, I, I have a chance I get them at a game, even high school basketball. Hawks, to me, it's going to take them some years. And I, I don't understand the strategy for building a world-class team. Typically what, what happens, I mean, if they spend the money, they'll probably get the players. Uh, but you have to, I think you have to have a strategy to do that. I think the market, I know the market is, is sufficient enough to, to handle it. And we had an NBA uh, top caliber team here uh, within the next year, two years max. I think it would be great. I mean, Atlanta is a is, 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 is fantastic supporter of winners. And I think that if we could just – understand what the strategy is if it to to grow it and it may take up to four or five years if you do it that way but just for my humble opinion if if, if the strategy was to get a, a world championship in here you'd have to spend some serious money to do that because most players they want to live in atlanta i mean i know in the nfl we got the largest uh alumni in in the national football league and on the other side but 
no matter where they play, they want to live here. So that's just just my opinion. I love the Hawks. I think they're they're very competitive. But I think if the strategy was to let's get us a, a championship team in here, um, they could do that. But they have to spend the money. That's well, it's interesting wanna, you mention that because uh, go ahead, go ahead, uh, Deshaun. I'm sorry. I just wanted to throw something in there, just in, in terms of uh, what the gentleman was saying as far as. Uh, you, you know, what the ideas or the, or the mentality that they have right now. The reality is this, you know, it, it seems like a tanking type deal, and I don't want to speak for the Atlanta Hawks. I want to make sure I mention that again. But um, if you're not competing with the Golden State Warriors or the Cleveland Cavaliers, you've got to start thinking for the future in ways that you can kind of revitalize the program or the, the institute or the, the, the organization, um, um, if you will. So I just want to make sure that, you know, I threw that out there, and, and we were talking about the draft, and really quick, cause I, I don't mean to jump in on you, I apologize, but, you know, if the Hawks did decide to go with a Trey Young and either put him up next to Dennis Schroeder or move Dennis Schroeder, who has still a lot of money on his contract, um, that's going to be tough for someone else to pick up, but let's not forget, the Hawks have like nine picks over the course of the next two years, so they'll still have right. another one in, 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 in late in the draft, and there'll still be another uh, two that's going to be on the back end in the second round of the draft. This is such a deep draft when it comes to bigs. If you feel like, hey, we can't take our chances on passing up on the next Stephen Curry, so we go with Trey Young, there's a guy that I want you to keep your eyes and ears open for named Brandon McCoy out of UNLV who's not getting nearly as much publicity. I'm not saying he's as good as Marvin Bagley, but he's a really, really good basketball player that you can get as a steal in the second round. That way your draft grade, it, it, it just jumps up through the roof. And so that's if you want to be able to put some – some butts in the seats, which is ultimately what it's about in addition to winning bas- basketball games. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I apologize for interruption. Well, hey, well, let me ask you one thing. Speaking about uh, Deshaun. No, man, Deshaun, like that's, you're the basketball expert, bro. That's why I brought you on. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well let me There's ask no you one other thing here uh, in terms of looking at the upcoming draft. Uh, here's a guy that, again, Sports Illustrated is touting, actually, as their number one pick. Uh, I'm not that familiar with him. I know Arizona has a has a good team. Uh, this year, as they always do, they seem to find themselves in the middle of it. Not certainly a top five team, but definitely a top twenty team. Uh, tell us a little bit if you know much about this DeAndre Ayton, big center, seven feet, two hundred sixty pounds, and uh, Sports Illustrated is saying they're giving some type of consideration in comparing him to Patrick Ewing as far as his athleticism. That's a big, that's that's a big comparison, bro. Because Patrick Ewing played in my day, and he was, yeah, at Georgetown, he was just a beast. Well, I can see a little bit of that. This is the thing. He's probably the most – the guy that looks like he's the most uh, 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 fit or or looks the part the most, probably more than anyone else. I mean, he's a, he's a big guy. I mean, if you see him, he looks very similar to Dwight Howard, maybe a little bit bigger legs, but he's seven feet tall, big, wide shoulders, and that's just how he's built. The thing that I love about his game, and some people have a, uh, put a knock on his motor, I don't think that that's the case by any stretch of the imagination at all. But what I will say is that he's the type of guy that you don't have to ruffle his feathers or rough him up a little bit to get him to play and do the things that you expect a guy that's standing seven feet tall to do. You won't see him play back to the basket or go up for a layup or go up for a shot and get his shot blocked like you see a lot of other guys his size um, by a guy that's a lot smaller than he is uh, and punk him that way. And then he gets called over to the in the timeout to the huddle, and now the the the, the coach is yanking on on his uniform by the collar, telling him to be tougher. 
you don't have that problem with this kid. This kid wants to dunk on you. He wants to be dominant. He's probably the best, the, the most dominant player in college basketball whose name is not Trey Young, um, and even maybe even adding, you know, to him. So I, I really like the things that DeAndre Aiden can bring. Uh, I mean, you can imagine he's out there blocking shots, which is something he's supposed to do at seven feet tall. There's not a ton of things about his game that I don't necessarily like. He could shoot it better from the outside, but let's not forget he's seven feet tall as well. Um, but he knocked right. down the free throw really good, and his team is going to need to come together. I mean, we don't see a lot of West Coast basketball out here. By the time they come on at 1030 at night, pretty much everybody's getting ready to snooze. Um, but outside of that, you know, the reality is that DeAndre Aiden is definitely worthy of being a top three pick. If Marvin Bagley's off the board and I'm the Atlanta Hawks and I got to go somewhere and I'm, and I'm keeping Schroeder in-house, and I can't afford to take a chance on Trey Young, um, then um, then I'm definitely going to go DeAndre Aiden at number two. I just kind of feel like you almost have to. I'm not sure if there's an exception to that, um, unless it's Jaron Jackson. Well, again, I, I like the idea of having a big man. Uh, I think that you're going to need that going forward, especially if this guy is as agile as they talk about here with Sports Illustrated. I just think it's a situation, man, where you, you want to at least give him a look. Now, again, the Hawks have been – you know, a little gun shy because of the Marvin uh, Williams incident about getting a big man. Um, and, you know, you once again, it's really almost like deja vu over again. You have a dominant big man and you have a dominant small man uh, that are in the mix. And I think that's m- maybe why they're looking at this guy, Dunsick, thinking that, hey, maybe we can pick up another big man, a shooting guard somewhere along the way. And the other thing, too, as far as shooting guard, you, you really got to take a look at what has been happening here with Tyler Dorsey, now that he has, in fact, figured out uh, that Coach uh, Bud will not let you play unless you play a certain style of defense, his style of defense, I think that you're seeing that he is getting more confident. Coach Bud is giving him more minutes, and, uh, you know, he is beginning to, uh, you know, shoot the ball uh, extremely well. And you're starting to – not extremely well, but you're starting to see him shoot that that three-pointer and hit that outside shot, which was he was really known for in Oregon. So it should be interesting to see how he continues to develop because he certainly has the height because I think he measures up at around 6'6", and the guy has shown that he can, uh, like I said, again, shoot the basketball. So if he can come around, he certainly would be a big plus uh, in moving this Hawk team forward. You're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show. We broadcast to you just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, talking here uh, about the NBA, uh, the reaction that the NBA had to uh, this tragic shooting. And then, of course, now we shift the gears and talking basketball, talking about free agent possibility and also what's going on in college basketball. Speaking of college basketball, we'll take a look at that for a second. I know that you uh, are a happy man. Being a Michigan State Spartan, to see your Sparties back right in the middle of it, 24-3 and overall, number two in the nation, uh, behind Virginia and just knocked off number six Purdue in a big, big win the other night. Uh, your Sparty's chances of uh, taking another title. It's been a while for you guys, so what do you think? Well, it's kind of a, uh, a feeling of mixed emotions. You can't be too happy because uh, there's also some legal things that are kind of going on within the university in which I think that that's one of the reasons that the team is playing as well as they are um, and kind of trying to play for the coach and uh, they're kind of riding on the emotional high right now. So uh, that is that is obviously a really good thing that the team, uh, you know, is, is kind of pulling together. I think this is probably the best group that Tom Izzo has had in terms of uh, chemistry uh, while adding 
uh, just the fact that it's like a brotherhood. All the guys kind of get together, and they, you know, on a lot of teams in sports, whether it's basketball, football, whatever, what have you, you know, you you you, t- you tend to have your cliques and your groups and whatnot. That's not the issue with this team. It's not like guys don't get along on some of those teams. They just don't tend to all hang out together, you know. Um, but that's that that's not the case on this team. Everybody. You know, everybody gets along just well, and everybody, you know, that that's just what it is. Um, but Michigan State has, has all the pieces. They have everything as long as they can stay out of the way of Duke in the NCAA tournament, um, a team that they have gone overall record in the last 12 meetings. They're 1-11. Um, but outside of wow. that, I mean, I think that there's, there, there's not a team that I don't think in the nation that Michigan State can beat with the exception of Duke, and I only say that because of the history until I'm shown Pass otherwise. Record, sure. Outside of that, Michigan State has the guards, penetration. Uh, they've got shooters. They've got slashers. They've got bigs. They're very deep. Uh, and and, and they, 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 the front court is extremely deep, mainly coming off the bench. We know Michigan State to be a team that not only plays in March, but is going to come with the physicality. So you better make sure that you bring your construction hard hat when you're going to play Michigan State, especially that time of uh, of the year, but they've got to limit down on the turnovers, and they are inexperienced uh, in terms of their starters. They're starting uh, 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 four uh, four sophomores and one freshman. So typically, Tom Izzo teams and teams in general that go far are two things: they're either extremely, extremely well coached, uh, and or or usually and um, they have experienced uh, experienced players. And right now, that is the Purdue's, that is the Villanova's. Uh, right now and a couple other teams, but the reality is Michigan State is one of those teams that you could potentially make an exception for, especially riding on the emotional wave that they are right now. So we'll see in March. Well, let's uh, let's take a peek here. We're going to try to dial you up a little bit more because uh, we're getting some, some uh, people indicating that uh, your volume's a little low, so we're going to try to crank you up as high as we can here. And we're going to ask you to speak a little bit louder into the phone so that maybe the people can hear you a little bit better. Better. Um, no worries. No worries. Let's look at the Hope top ten here uh, in college basketball right now. Number one overall, Virginia. Uh, they are. I mean, when I say number one overall, this narrowly ahead, just thirty points ahead of Michigan State at number two. Villanova at number three. We remember that Villanova had been the number one pick for a good portion of uh, of this year and certainly much of last year. Xavier, all the way at number four. Cincinnati at number five. Purdue number six. Texas Tech, number seven, number eight, Ohio State, Gonzaga, once again in the middle of it, number nine, and Auburn. Uh, a big shock there for the SEC. It's Auburn and not Kentucky uh, riding the way for the top-ranked SEC team, followed, of course, by Clemson, Duke, and Kansas, and North Carolina. So you know, there's no doubt that we are seeing, uh, I don't want to say a changing of the guard per se, but Virginia once again in the mix uh, you know, threatening to hopefully win a title this year. They were very, very close last year. Villanova, of course, won two years ago. They're back in the mix. So, uh, you know, we're really seeing these teams kind of, you know, push their way through. And kudos to Texas Tech, a football program, moving themselves all the way up into the number seven spot. Now, I don't know about uh, you, Deshaun, you can tell me a little bit better, but to me, this looks as about a wide-open field as we've seen in a couple of years here in the NCAA tournament. Any, will you agree with that, or do you have a particular team that you say, listen, the, these guys would be the odds-on favorite uh, to take the, uh, take the trophy home? Well, as much as I, I, you know, I do say that it is very, um, it is very wide open. You know, that's the kind of feel that I get about it. 
um, for this year. But typically, as we start getting closer to around this time, you start hearing so many people say, you know, well, I think there's 10 or 12 or 15 teams that can really cut this thing down. And sometimes you have to realistically sit back and say, can I realistically, no matter how good they're playing, can I see Cincinnati or Xavier winning the entire thing? I'm not talking about going to the Final Four. We've seen BCU and George Mason and Butler and whatever else. Um, but sometimes, you, you know, St. Mary's, Rhode Island, you start thinking about, can I realistically see those teams doing it? Um, I don't realistically see any of those teams doing it. I think there's some that are cut ahead of some of the rest. Some of them are just playing good basketball right now or have been playing good basketball all season. And when you start talking about some of the football programs, it's not just Texas Tech. Auburn's playing really good ball right now. Clemson, Alabama's looking a whole lot better. Tennessee's playing really good basketball. Ohio State. Um so, you know, just from that standpoint, those are just a couple of teams where it's looking like the, that the, the, the typical football programs and basketball programs are kind of revitalizing themselves a little bit. Um, but the reality is that we, some of these teams, we just don't know what they are. You know, what is Cincinnati? Cincinnati has two losses on the season. I think they're 4-2 and two against top 50 ranked teams. But they play in a conference that's not really all that great, and they're struggling right now, Virginia. Yeah, Virginia's great defensively, and if they can – look, if this team, Virginia, can hold you to, to, to winning the game, the final score being 7-6, to six, they're okay with that. That's just Virginia <laughs> brand seven basketball. 7-6? 7-6. 7-6. to 7-6. If, 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 if but, but that's just the style of, and brand of basketball that they play. They're very tough defensively, uh, and, and they've got a system. They remind me so much of like a San Antonio Spurs or a Wisconsin oh, Hold on a second, basketball. sir. Hold on one second. No problem. Sorry about that blast there. We were trying to pick up some of the uh, NFL mock draft. And of course, sometimes when you click on these websites, they got advertisements popping through. So uh, just repeat that one more time for us. Sorry for those of you who got a blast from the past there. But uh, I'm going to just ask you to speak again as loud as you can into the phone so people can hear you loud and clear. Okay, no worries. Hopefully, hopefully everybody can hear me now, but Virginia is just one yep. of those type of teams where it's it's, it's systematic. You know, they're going to they're gonna play Virginia basketball, which is slow the pace down to a half-court offense, play tough defense. If they can win 7-6, to six, why not? They remind me so much of Wisconsin football basketball or, or, or New England Patriots or San Antonio Spurs where you got a lot of players that, 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 that a lot of people don't know the names of them, but they just have a winning way. They have a winning system. That's what they're known to do. Uh, and that can cause some problems, I think, uh, on the tail end uh, because of the fact that when you start, you know, playing against some teams that are more athletic uh, and can bring some offense and just as uh, just as well coached and, and, and have some experience, I think that that is typically where you'll see Virginia uh, have some issues. The good thing going for them is that there's not a ton of teams that have the experience because of all the one and done. Uh, and so from that standpoint, I like to think that, uh, yes, defense wins championships, and everybody talks about that so often, but I'm sure that offense has a lot to do with it, and sometimes they struggle offensively. But Texas Tech is in front right now of the Big 12 to win the conference championship for the regular season, and I think that their fools go along with Ohio State and Purdue and, and, and a few of the rest. But uh, if Kansas finds a way who's in second place in the game behind Texas Tech right now in the, in the conference, if they move ahead and win the conference, they're going to break John Wooden's UCLA record of, of 13 consecutive by making it 14 consecutive regular season championships in the Big 12. And I don't see Texas Tech, of all the teams that we've seen in the Big 12 between Buddy Hill's Oklahoma teams and Marcus Smart's Oklahoma State teams and 
I mean, Kansas State has had some really good teams with Jacob Pullen and, and, and Blake Griffin at Oklahoma. You have to remember, Kansas has won the regular season throughout every single last one of those years. It's hard for me to go up against Kansas right now. Uh, but I think just the toughest teams realistically going in just right now, I mean, really, it's probably Michigan State, Duke, uh, uh, Villanova, uh, if I had to say one more, I don't know. Let's just go with uh, let's go with Arizona. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you uh, I have a uh, a little bit of a I want to say a soft spot uh, for Virginia for the reason you just mentioned. Uh, you talked about how Virginia's style of play reminds you of you mentioned Wisconsin's one of the teams, and of course, uh, rightfully so because the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Tony Bennett, uh, the son of the great uh, coach who coached for Wisconsin. Uh, was a I think uh, I don't know if he was an assistant, but I think he might have been a graduate assistant for just a hot minute uh, under his dad. But I mean, he grew up watching how his dad played, and I had the great honor of attending Big the uh, fellowship of Christianapolis. They have a a a, a gospel breakfast or a, a prayer breakfast, I should say, usually around every major event. And when the Final Four was here, about I guess a half a dozen years ago, had a chance to go to that event, and his dad uh, won. Uh, won the award there and was one of the speakers. So I uh, like to see the young man do it. Um, but, uh, you know, again, when you get into that one-and-done postseason play, is defense important? It is. But normally what happens is, as you know this on, it's all about who's the hot player. Not even so much the hot team, but who's the hot player. Uh, I know that, uh, that, uh, that Joe remembers this name, a guy by the name of Goose Givens out of Kentucky, uh, probably about 20 or 30 years ago, led them on a magical run. He scored, I think it was 42 points in the Final Four championship game. was never a great pro, but, uh, you know, really he got hot. And that's what you see sometimes. You see some team has a hot player, and, man, uh, they can ride their back because you're talking basically once you get near those regionals, if you can win three straight games, then you have yourself an NCAA title. Well, listen, man, I know you have a, uh, a busy schedule being, again, one of the great analysts for college basketball and some pro basketball as well here for the flagship station of the Atlanta Hawks, 92.9 The Game. But you also have your own blog as well. So uh, why don't you give people information about how they can follow you on social media and also uh, get a chance to look at your outstanding uh, basketball blog. We're working on a couple of different things right now. Uh, com, which is going to be predominantly uh, uh, basketball-only, college basketball, uh, professional level, as well as high school basketball. That's in the works right now for 2018. So uh, you can definitely, for now, um, 92.9 The Game, I'm going to have some articles posted up there first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, that's 929 The Game. Also, you can follow me on, um, on I'm all over the place, man, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, at Tate's Take Sports, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E Sports. And uh, just looking forward to the March Madness. I appreciate all of you guys for taking your time out to uh, consider me for your show and for having me on. And let, let's not forget, let's remember, let's go back to, to, to what the beginning of the, of, the, uh, of the segment was. More butt whoopings. More butt whoopings on these kids so that we can put it into some of this, uh, put it into some of this uh, violence. Let me put yeah, it like no this, question about Sean. it. Uh, you're going to have to get back to Family Matters. Can you guys hear me? Family Matters. Well, Sean, Sean, listen, man, as always, we appreciate you, and uh, hopefully we can, uh, we're can. we going to be taking the show on the road, so we look forward to, uh, you know, bringing the Real Talk Sports Show to a venue near you. Uh, we're looking uh, to get uh, a situation where we're going to be 
uh, doing some live broadcasting, hopefully in the uh, closer to the Midtown Atlanta area. We want to make sure a lot of people seem to enjoy the live experience when we're on location. So we want to move it around. So we are going to be talking with some folks from different venues about bringing it there. Cause I know you're, you're out there uh, way North of Atlanta. <laughs> so we want to get something where hopefully we can get closer to you so people can come out and kind of, you know, chop it up with you and with us while we're on the air, man. Well, listen again, we appreciate you so much. God bless you. If you want to hang on the air, you can do so. We're going to take a little 30-second break. I believe we have a caller that wants to jump in. Uh, I'm going to shout out just the last four digits of your phone number, 3731. We're going to let you come on the air in just a second. You're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show as we broadcast you again right here from uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And we thank God for those of you. Keep it locked right here for more on Real Talk Sports Show. Okay. Attention promoters, event organizers, and committees. If you're looking for a place to have your next big event, you must check out the C-Room Multiplex. The C-Room Multiplex cordially invites you to book your next artist or to host your next big event at the C-Room, specializing in the following areas. CD release parties, showcases, fashion shows, movie premieres, birthday celebrations, wedding receptions, banquets, pastor's anniversaries, special events, and more. At the C-Room Multiplex, we also offer catering and decorating Packages. For more information, call us 678-823-5124. That's 678-823-5124. Or visit us on the web at croomatlanta.com. That's c-roomatlanta.com. The C-Room is Atlanta's premier Christian entertainment venue. The C-Room, 4013A Jonesboro Road, Forest Park, Georgia. Mention this ad. everybody we are back uh welcome to the real talk sports show as we wrap it up here we're going to go to a caller we have on the line caller uh number ending three seven three one uh state your name caller where are you calling from and welcome to the real talk sports show well hi i'm michelle i'm calling from apex north carolina and hey, i'm michelle, how are you? to say hello i'm good how are you um, fantastic. I'm going to have you speak just a little bit louder so people can hear you a little bit better on our Facebook Live. Okay. Let me turn up my phone. Okay. Is that better? Ah, there we go. Much better. Well, listen, okay. uh, we appreciate you uh, logging on, number one, and calling us. Uh, we're going to shift a little bit and talk about the NFL. Or uh, would you make like to make a comment on one of the earlier topics that we were talking about? Of course, we were talking about the tragic uh, shooting in Florida and also talking a little basketball. Well, yes, I can talk, speak to the shooting a little bit because actually one of my clients, uh, James DeMeo, is an event security expert and a, um, a former police officer for 20-some-odd years, a lot of years. So uh, he's written a book called What's Your Plan? And I can just speak that he tries to educate people on how to react, what to do, how to prepare actually beforehand 
uh, for those type of events, sometimes it's just going to happen. And nothing you can do to prepare, you know, can change anything. But knowing what to do, knowing what to look for, things like that. So, um, you know, I, I feel really it's so tragic for all the people that that happened to. And, you know, it's unfortunately in today's landscape. So, um, but, you know, knowing what to do ahead of time, knowing how to, to escape, knowing how to hide, knowing what to do sometimes helps a little bit. You know, Michelle, to some degree, it kind of reminds me of, um, let me just turn this, uh, the FX down just a little bit. It kind of reminds me of uh, when we were children, and I'm going to date myself here just a second. Uh, it reminds me of when I was uh, a young child, and they really kind of were emphasizing the um, this, this stop, drop, and roll, and hiding under the desk when we had the uh, the Cold War. You know, as a, as a young child, yeah. I can remember uh, we were just they were just beginning to stop that <laughs> as I entered into kindergarten and first grade. So it's a shame that we have to go through uh, this same type of situation where we now have to, like you said, prepare people, hey, what to do if if an active shooter, even that terminology now ingrained into our society, uh, active shooter, what to do if there's an active shooter at your school or at your at your job or at your uh, ball field. It's just, you know, a tragic thing. And I will say this, I tell people, I know a lot of guys, and Joe, I don't know if you're a hunter or not, but I know a lot of guys that uh, I'm uh, associate with and know that are hunters. And and my whole position, and I'm not trying to say anything against someone who hunts, especially someone who hunts for food. I'm not necessarily that excited if you're out there hunting just to kind of hang a trophy on the wall. But if you're hunting for food, if you deer hunt, and you know you then eat the deer meat, you distribute the deer meat, which I know some hunters do a great job of doing that. Uh, I can understand you having. You know, firearms. I also can understand in terms of being able to protect yourself in your home. You know, even the Bible says the strong man uh, knew what time his house was going to be broken into. He would not have suffered him to do that. So I can understand that. But the proliferation of firearms uh, among so-called gun collectors and enthusiasts, I just think it's gone off the chain. They showed a a, a startling uh, stat that uh, since 2008 to now, the dollars made on gun sales have tripled. So to me, I'm wondering to myself, listening and remembering uh, some of the um, the commercials and some of the talk shows, I just say to myself sometimes, were we more concerned about making money uh, or are we really concerned about trying to improve people's safety? Well, let me, let, let me comment on exactly. that, if I may. Uh, uh, sure. What, one of the things that, that, that really – babbles me is that yes i i was a hunter um my dad used to hunt for food i'm I'm from louisiana and and we had to we had to raise our food and then we had to hunt for food we didn't hunt for sport so i don't i don't hunt but this gun situation is not about gun ownership this is not about hunting this is not about sporting this is about ak Forty-sevens that are made to kill people. They are not made to shoot deer. If you shot one with a deer, you'd have no meat left to eat. This is crazy. <clears throat> I mean, when when we talk about the love of money, you say the uh, the gun sales are triple. Yes, but because it's that love, and no no amount is enough of money. So until uh, as long as our politicians are, are, are urging up to the trough to get more money from gun um, lobbyists. 
We will not change it. We got to get those guys out of office and get people into office that want to serve the people and not the lobbyists. It's real simple. I mean, these weapons these people are using, these kids, man, imagine. AK-47 going hunting? It doesn't happen that way. So I just have a real problem with our politicians just not being real. If, you, if you've been bought, if you sold your soul to go to the Oval Office, you will not get to the upper room. I'm just trying to say what's real. That's well, all I got to say The Bible talks that. about that. You know, what, what good is it for man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So we want to definitely encourage people to try to, you know, continue to do what is right. Um, Michelle, um, also I want to ask you, yes. did you want to uh, speak to us at all about uh, either the NFL or the NBA? We're about to shift into our NFL segment. Do you have a favorite team that you like, either for basketball or football? Oh, well, absolutely. Um, Dallas Cowboys is my team. It's been my team for <laughs> decades, and it's a team everybody loves to hate. I'm so sorry about that. But I have uh, I've read a book about Tom Landry by Tom Landry when I was in high school, and it made me a fan, and I've been a fan ever since. So I do watch the Cowboys, and, uh, you know, can't, can't help it. I will always be a Cowboys fan. So that is that. Is that. But um, I am a, a sports writer, a sports ghost writer, book collaborator, so I would have to say NBA-wise, uh, Donald Foyle is one of my clients, and he played for the Warriors for 10 years That's and right. Magic yep. for three years. Yes, so uh, Donald um, is great also, and he has I've helped him with the book and helping him with the second book and a workbook. So he has he is the poster child for how to be successful after an NBA career, that once these guys are done with their careers, a lot of them who don't have an identity other than sports just kind of flail around and just don't do anything. And, you know, Donald is one of the the few, I would say, that have really taken his entrepreneurism to a new level and is really doing some, some great things. Well, you'd be happy to know the other gentleman on the line with us, uh, Dr. Joe Prophet, did the same thing. Uh, he found his career cut uh, shorter than he would have hoped due to injury, but uh, thanks be unto God, as he mentioned in his book, he had already had his education, already had graduated uh, from his college, which is now uh, called the University of Louisiana at Monroe, and, uh, you know, later went on to, uh, I think he got some wonderful mentorship with the owner of the Falcons at that time, I believe it was Mr. Rankin-Smith, if I'm not Mistaken, Joe, is that right? That's correct, yes. Yes, and, and you know, football. And so, again, uh, we just, we're appreciative of all of these things that really go on, and, we you know, we're going to have some more young people on next week. We're going to bring the high schoolers back on as we go back out. For those of you listening to this, we're in the metro Atlanta area. Good Lord willing, we will be back at our one of our favorite locations, the uh, Holiday Inn and Suites located in Stockbridge, Georgia, about 20 minutes south of downtown Atlanta, and we will have some of the uh, high schoolers there, hopefully some of the signees from uh, the signing day, the big national signing day. But also we're going to bring uh, uh, some young ladies. We're looking to have the Clayton County Junior High School Basketball Championship for girls at Forest Park High School. I should say junior high school. We're looking forward to bringing them on with us because uh, they're, uh, one of the girls, their dad actually is one of the contributors on our show, Mr. Deacon Miles Tyson. So uh, his daughter, congrats to her again as they knocked off the uh, the championship for Clayton 
County High School. Well, Michelle, listen, uh, you mentioned that you are a ghostwriter. Now, how can people, because I'm sure there there might be people listening to this who have thought about <laughs> writing a book, uh, maybe can't do it, maybe a former athlete or two, how can they contact you and find out more about you or follow you even on social media? Well, absolutely. They can go to my website, which is winningproof.com, W-I-N-N-I-N-G-P-R-O-O-F, and they can also uh, join me on social media. I'm a, I have a Winning Proof Facebook page, uh, at Winning Proof on Twitter. I have an Instagram, same thing, Winning Proof, and LinkedIn has really been my secret sauce. Um, virtually 100% of my clients have come from LinkedIn, so... Uh, winning wow. proof on LinkedIn or my name, um, both. You know, it's interesting you mentioned LinkedIn. I don't want to go too much on a sidebar on this, but one of the things I think I, I I don't know if I'll write a blog, but definitely comment on the fact that recently to me, um, and maybe it's the people that I follow and follow me, maybe it's my fault, but I've just noticed that people recently in the feed, I'm like, okay, this is starting to feel a little kind of like Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't, I understand that you exercise or might get, you know, if you do that for a living, I get it, but I'm just seeing, starting to see a lot of personal stuff, people exercising and running. And I guess to me, that just harkens a little bit more like, you know, Facebook, Instagram versus LinkedIn for years and years, you know, for the years I've been on, it's always been about business contacts, uh, you know, uh, making networking, making connects. Have you noticed any difference or again, is it just little old me? Uh, yes, I have noticed a little bit of difference, but it's still it's what you use it for. So if right, you're absolutely. a business-minded person, you can connect with business. I mean, I have 6,100-plus connections on there built one at a time, wow. and I send personal messages to each person that connects with me with their name and everything like that. But there was a time when there were some, you know, fitness women posting themselves and their fitness bathing suits and all that. And that was uh, felt really inappropriate for LinkedIn. That is more of a Facebook page or posted on the website. Instagram. Mm -hmm. They seem to have uh, cleaned that up in the last few months. So it's still for serious-minded business people, and you get out of it what you put into it. And there's no doubt you're correct. Most of the connections I have made have been uh, people looking for serious business inquiries. Well, guys, we're about to wrap it up here. We got about another five more minutes in the broadcast here. I will say this now, Joe. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you played, uh, I think, seventy-one through seventy-five. Obviously, that was in prime time for the Cowboys. Did you get a chance to play the Cowboys? And if so, what are kind of your remembrances against squaring off? Which at that time they really were in the middle of being America's team. Yeah, well, they they were in fact America's team. I mean, I'm I'm from Louisiana. I grew up a, a Cowboys fan. Uh, the Cowboys and, and the Cleveland Browns, because being a Southern boy in, in in Louisiana, Jim Brown, when I was a real kid, I thought he he owned the team. So I figured, hey, yes, if sir. my brother can own an NFL team, I definitely want to play for that team. I want to play football. But the Cowboys were, were always America's team. That They're great. I, I played with Starbuck in college. I played against him. So we were friends throughout our professional career. Um and in Dallas, of course, with Landry and, and with that group, uh, Dwayne Thomas, if you remember him in Super Bowl, um, when he yep. had all the issues, uh, you know. So Dallas is a great team. I mean, they've always had 
um, a, a stand-up team and, and, and done well for the league. So I, I like the Cowboys. I still like the Cowboys, by the way. Of course, I'm a Falcon fan and I'm a Saints fan. I played for both teams. And um, we uh, last time we played the Cowboys, we kind of whipped up on them here. So uh, <laughs> that was the guy. We did. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Agent Claiborne had a record six sacks. So that was a epic game uh, for the Falcons. Well, I'll tell you both something, a personal experience from me, which was kind of cool. Last year, um, before the Falcons uh, had even, you know, gotten to the championship game, one of the things that I said to myself, although I knew that the Falcons were, I shouldn't say the Falcons, that City of Atlanta was going to be hosting the Super Bowl in 2019, I had always wanted to travel to whatever city was holding the Super Bowl and just trying to get a feel for that Super Bowl week. So, um, I take maybe about two weeks before the playoffs started. I actually went ahead on my own dime. A station or none of our sponsors contributed. But on my own dime, I actually went and secured a, a, a plane ticket. And at that time, there were still inexpensive hotel rooms and went to Houston for the Super Bowl. And one of the great things I was able to do was able to get credentials to actually cover the uh, gospel breakfast that the NFL does every year. And one of the, the speakers for that event was the legendary uh, Roger Staubach. It was the first time I had had an opportunity to actually see him and hear him live. And it was just a phenomenal experience to see all these men of God, Staubach obviously included, uh, to, to give their testimonies on how the Lord had really affected them, not just on the playing field, but even in terms of, you know, off the field. And Staubach making some references to how big of an impact Coach Landry had on him and, and how he was behind the scenes a guy that really, really sold into the players with time and with godly counsel. So it just was phenomenal to do that. And then last but not least, uh, the hotel I was at was, if, if anybody is listening is familiar with Atlanta, it, I was staying in a hotel that was the equivalent of being in Alpharetta and Mercedes-Benz being the headquarters. So I was a good 40 miles away from downtown Houston. Well, on uh, game day, this was a game day or maybe it might, yeah, it was game day. Uh, I was I got up and um, and went down for the um, the breakfast they have there, and I noticed that there was I don't know where they came from, but what was just a phenomenal amount of very beautiful young women that suddenly were all around the lobby and eating breakfast, and I kind of noticed that a lot of them were wearing shirts that said Dallas Cowboys on them, and I said to myself, now I wonder. <laughs> if perhaps these might be the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. And yep. <laughs> lo and behold, they were and got a chance to actually get a picture, a selfie done uh, with the uh, the young lady that runs the uh, the team. And you always see that, that reality show they had, Becoming a Dallas Cheerleader. So that, that's my tie to the Dallas Cowboys. I actually got a chance to interact with, uh, with like I said, the legendary um, Roger Staubach and, of course, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. So suffice to say – I couldn't, I couldn't say I was a Dallas Cowboy fan, but at least for those moments, I was very excited about uh, making that contact. I hear Absolutely, you. I and hear you. I have to tell you, too, that I write um, the, art of, the interviews for myelitenetwork.com, and I've had the privilege of speaking with and inter- interviewing Leroy Jordan and John Nyland and Dan Reeves. Uh, all, of wow. course, former Cowboys. And it was really sure. nice to have that instant fellowship with these guys. They're all godly men. They all mentioned how they are. Uh, influential Landry was in their lives. And it was, you know, these guys are in their early 70s now, and they're just godly men 
and that's all they wanted to talk about was how God and Landry in fact, you know, influenced their lives. That was very cool. Well, I'm glad you said that because from the time I can remember, God has always been in our locker room, and and from high school, college, and to the professional ranks. Most of the real successful guys have a spiritual walk with our Lord. I'm glad to to be in that number. Like you said, it's just been an honor and a pleasure uh, to, like you said, have you be a part of our broadcast, Joe, and, and we look forward to having you do more with us as time goes on, Michelle. Uh, fantastic that uh, you were able to uh, connect with us. I know we're connected on social media. Uh, I've heard about you. Um, I believe it was Shimon Beasley, I think, that might have mentioned you. He does a sports show out of the Detroit area. And um, yes. just like I said, glad that you were able to uh, check in with us here. And uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully partnering with you down the road. You know, one of the things that we do here is we're trying to expand our footprint and, and move into uh, doing more video, more TV-type stuff. And, of course, you know, one thing I did find out the hard way is I had an opportunity to actually, on uh, one of the local stations here that I had done some on-air stuff with, they said, okay, w- would you be okay in actually producing uh, a segment? And, of course, like any wise person would do who is trying to, uh, you know, uh, move forward and make connections, you say yes and then figure it out later. But what I didn't realize is just how much writing <laughs> – I was involved with producing a television episode. Uh, it was a, it's only a 20, I think 28 minute, 30 second episode. And it took me days to actually write the script because, you know, again, you're looking at something yes. completely different where you, you have to pretty much second by second lay out how that broadcast is going to come across. And even in terms of doing the narration. So I have great respect for anyone that uh, is able to write especially write about sports. Well, it's an honor, and I would love to partner with you in whatever way I can, and it's just a a privilege to be involved with fellow believers who are doing things and making things happen, and all to the glory of God. Well, amen, Michelle. Again, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Give us a call, and we look forward to having you uh, be a part of our broadcast uh, sooner rather than later. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Michelle, it was good conversing with you. Thank you. Pleasure. Okay. All right. right. Well, that was Michelle Hill. Uh, Glad she could join us uh, all the way from North Carolina. And we do appreciate the people who have been, again, sharing the broadcast, both on Facebook and Periscope. Uh, And we thank God for the increase that he's doing here. Thank God for the addition of Joe Prophet. I want to give a shout-out to my my partners in the booth, uh, Mr. Ken Swilling. Give a big shout-out to him. I know he is busy taking care of some things at work. I also want to give a shout-out to the guy we call the Devious Deacon, Mr. Miles Tyson, who is uh, trying to battle back from a cold and hopefully not a flu, hopefully just a cold and scratchy throat. So we want to give a shout-out to both of those guys uh, as well. Well, like I said, we're coming towards the end of the broadcast. Didn't get a chance to talk too much football, and I, I think that's okay. One of the things we try to do is be flexible on the show. We want to try to, you know, make sure that we are cognizant of what the listeners and the people watching want to talk about, and it does appear that – uh, that this shooting is really a burning uh, issue in uh, the nation, whether you like sports, don't like sports. It just is something that, uh, you know, it, it's affecting the whole country. Well, Minister, I would like to say this. We have 363 days before the Super Bowl is in the ATL. So we're going to have That's plenty correct. of time to welcome folks to Atlanta, and hopefully we have some fun things going on on your show 
to attract them here and hopefully have some good uh, promotion items that people could tune in and participate in and and come that 363 days we can all celebrate here in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, funny you mentioned it, uh, Joe. One of the things that we are uh, looking forward to is uh, getting together with some folks here and being able to have some things leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, the other thing I'm hoping for is that uh, God willing that you know, um, I tell people once I come from this second operation, I'll be better than new. But I'm hoping by that time, obviously, I'll be in uh, uh, completely fit and even better off than I am right now. Uh, and one of the things I am hoping this year that we are able to actually get uh, full game credentials uh, to the game since we've been blessed and honored to cover the Falcons these last couple of years. And we narrowly missed out on covering the Super Bowl last year. So we, so we hope and pray that uh, two things. Number one, that we'd be able to cover the Super Bowl regardless of who's in there. But we definitely would like to have an opportunity to cover the Falcons because that would, of course, be a first. It would be the first NFL team to ever play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And hopefully we will be there uh, and part of that. But like I said, whether the Falcons go or not, uh, we certainly want to be a part of the Super Bowl activities leading up to that. And we hope and pray that we will be able to actually have official game credentials so we can cover uh, the Super Bowl because it is coming to our city. And we want to be good hosts. And uh, we've connected with people from all around the country. So we're putting it out there right now, folks. So when you come to Atlanta, before you come to Atlanta, reach out to us here at Real Talk Sports. Let's partner. Let's do some great things. Uh, there's tons of, of wonderful things to see and do in the city, great venues, but I think that we all can have a, a really a phenomenal time uh, enjoying what is uh, outside of the World Cup, one of the biggest spectacles in the world of sport. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, listen, guys, you know, before I get off the broadcast, you know, I always like to uh, ask you the same thing. Uh, do you know, uh, this man, I shouldn't say man anymore, this God named Jesus, uh, who came here, walked the earth as a man, uh, went through all the things that people go through on this earth, never committed a sin, and then sacrificed himself so that the sins that we commit and the sins that we have committed uh, can be forgiven, and we would be allowed to, as we leave this earth, be able to go to heaven and live with him and the Father. Do you know him? Well, I'm going to tell you, if you don't know him, get to know him today because nobody, absolutely nobody loves you like Jesus, not your mom, not your auntie, not grandmom and them. Nobody loves you like him because he made you. Uh, everything that you see here upon the earth was made by him. And so he stands ready. I don't care what you did. You just come to him and ask for forgiveness, repent of those sins, and he will take you in, wash you up, clean you up. And I know some people think, I don't need clean up. We all need clean up because the Bible says all have sinned. And calling and falling short of the glory of God. So there is no uh, person that has not fallen short of the mark of complete holiness of God. So, again, uh, please, man, please, sir, get to know him today. Yeah, that's the only way I believe you can really have a life well lived here upon the earth. And of course, that's the way you enter the, the kingdom of heaven. All right, Joe, listen, the final words, how can people find out more about you as well? Well, actually, they can go to JoeProfit.com. That's J-O-E-P-R-O-F-I-T.com. And Everything is there, hopefully, that they would need. We publish kids' books and all kinds of different activities. So check us out, JoeProfit.com. There you go, guys, right there. Uh, good stuff. Again, we ask you, please follow us on social media. We are located everywhere on social media at Real Talk Sports 7. Uh, just follow us there. We're on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Now, um, we're, we're on Snapchat, but I will admit, as I do every week, I'm still baffled on how to properly snap. So if somebody wants to give me a tip on how to do that, 
please, please, please do that. And also, for those of you who might be watching on Periscope, go to the Real Talk Sports page, and you will see information by some of the guests they have typed in. Michelle has typed in her information so you can find out more about her. Uh, so please do so. also want to give a big shout-out to Shimon Beasley, guy that does some sports coverage up in Detroit. We're, we're going to be at some point partnering with him uh, to try to expand our footprint in terms of what we're doing also to, uh, you know, see what we can do for him as well. So, again, we thank everybody who has joined. We thank everybody that shares the broadcast. That's the other thing. It's a great blessing how we get a lot more views as people share the broadcast after the fact, and we just thank God for that, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Again, shout-out to Michelle Hill. Her information, again, is on the Real Talk Sports page on Facebook. You'll see it. There's actually a direct link. If you want to uh, buy one of her books, you can do so as well. Of course, Joe Prophet, you can hit him up. Uh, JoeProfit.com to go to his website or simply send him an email, Joe at JoeProfit.com. To reach me, Jay Simmons, that's J-S-I-M-M-O-N-S at RealTalkSports.net, or you can follow us again anywhere on social media at RealTalkSports7. If you want to call me, you can give us a call. Office number is 678-304. I always forget that number. Um, Lord have mercy. Yeah, 678-304-2181. Uh, and if some reason I gave you the wrong number, just Blame it on my fuzzy mind. Again, you can hit me up via email, J Simmons, that's J-S-I-M-M-O-N-S, at realtalksports.net, and you can find me and reach me. All right, everybody, uh, have a blessed, blessed rest of the evening, and God bless you, and have a good night. Bless, bless evening. Thank you so much for tuning in.